day 275. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So first Corinthians, right? Yeah. Um, this is the first day of first Corinthians. And this is a really interesting book, right? Right. And I think there's a um, kind of like saying that helps me understand this book. So there's an old saying that says, man, if your only tool is a hammer mm. then every problem becomes a nail. Right. Right. But I, but I say, I would say as well, if your all of your problems are nails, then only tool you need is a hammer. Right. 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 And so the reason I say that is because the Corinthians, the Corinthian church had a ton of problems. Right. Wilding. They was wild over, over and over a Crazy. ton of stuff. And you know what Paul uses as the solution every time to address every single problem? The gospel. The gospel. Yeah. Every time. The gospel is the hammer to all of the Corinthian nails, right? Right. And so, um, you know, Corinth was this city, bro, that was a cosmopolitan city, right? Right. This, This center of business, trade, culture, and commerce. Yeah. Like, Kind of like a modern day New York where it was like so much diversity, so many different people, so many different ideas and philosophies came through. Right. So it was ripe for the gospel. Yeah. Paul stayed there uh, a year and a half, 18 months. Right. I remember Acts chapter 18, he came through. He was like, All right, I got I to gotta stay here. <laughs> right, he was right. getting persecuted. God was like, yo, no, no, stay. I got you. I promise I got you. Um, and yeah, like Paul birthed his church. He planted his church and he left and all chaos broke loose, right? Yeah. And so in this first section, dog, it's divisions. Yep. Cats are divided, right? In their camps. They're in their theological, right? Yeah. Yeah, camps. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like 110. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same uh, or the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. Here it is. Yeah. What I am saying is this one of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Right. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in Paul's name? So, in other words, yeah, everybody gets their favorite leader and they divide over right. men. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yo, like we shouldn't be dividing over men, but we should be united uh, in the one man who died for our sins. Ah, that's good. That's good. Uh, but before we jump into that, right, this whole chapter one through four is all going to be about divisions and Paul yep. trying to bring it back together. One of the things that I don't want to miss, though, is the introduction of these mm. books, right? We're going to mm. gloss, uh, our tendency is to gloss over them, but some of the richest stuff is in there. And one of the things that you see in this one is the Corinthians are wild. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? The Mm -hmm. rest of the stuff that goes on through the book is crazy. And as Paul comes through, the first thing that he doesn't do is uh, hit them with the hammer of the gospel to rebuke them for their sin. But Paul's going to start off, and his introduction is one of an encouragement. So he reminds them, yo, y'all are saints. Like, Mm. man, look at who you are. And he has this genuine uh, affection and care and concern for them. And I do think like we learn a lesson in the way that Paul 
does start and 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 it has been said like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care but it's like paul really shows this like he starts off and he shows his genuine affection for the church that he wants the best for them and i love that he's going to solidify and push down on their identity in Christ. No, no, no. This is who they are. This is who they'll become. And the rest yeah. of the book is Paul saying, listen, church, I want you to become who you are, right? I want you mm -hmm. to act like who you are. Y'all are saints. I'm thankful to God for you. And this is how mm -hmm. I'm going to show my thanks and gratitude to God and my love for you is that I'm going to offer a bunch of course correction, right? So loving somebody is not allowing them to persist in their sin, to really mm -hmm. love somebody is to reaffirm who they are in Christ and to make sure that you spend your time uh, course correcting them as best as you can. Mm. No, that's excellent, man. Yeah. Um, even, yeah, I, I love I love that you started with that uh, because it's so true. And again, Paul's going to say over and over, uh, yeah, like you said, be who you really are, right? You guys right. are saved. You guys are saints. Um, Christ has done so much for you and has changed you. Right. Act and live out of that. Right. And the the way I think um, the way he addresses the divisions though with the gospel is very profound because he says, "Yo, eighteen one eighteen for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved." Right? Yeah. For it is written, "I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, um, and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent." And he talks about how you know. Um, the Jews seek signs, the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stomach block to the Jews, foolishness to the Gentiles. And the main thing he's just going to contrast here, man, is that these folks, listen, have an affinity right. for wisdom and logic. Yeah. But he says, yo, when you read the passage carefully, he's like, yo, the cross is the wisdom of God. Right. And it looks foolish right. to man. Yeah. But listen, when he quotes Isaiah 29, bro. Yeah. He's saying, yo, the cross was actually this event that defies right. human logic and right. wisdom, right. right? Like there's no, you couldn't, it, in other words, it couldn't have been thought up right. by a mere man. Right. And yeah. it, de like, it defies and subverts all human wisdom so much so that the blind, to the blind, it looks foolish. Right. And he'll just say, yo, God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. And it looks weak. Right. right, like a, a king who's who dies on a cross looks like absurd, and Paul is saying like, "Yo, man, like that is actually putting the wise to shame." Right, you know what I'm saying? And so this wisdom from God is what you really should be trusting in, not the wisdom of man. Remember, in this time, wisdom, uh, uh, the profound speakers, all of these outward kind of um, uh, portrayals of intelligence uh, were those things that people trust in. Similar to the way uh, we do things today. Right. So in chapter three, he comes out the gate and is like, yo, to keep it a book, like y'all are really immature. Right. right. <laughs> like he's going to say, yo, like, man, like, like I gave you milk to drink, not solid, solid food since you were not ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready. Right. Because you're still worldly. He's going to use this word worldly or fleshly or you're acting like mere humans. And his point is like the philosopher J. Cole would say. They were getting older, but they weren't growing up, right? Right. right? They weren't growing up. And the point, listen, the, one of the points of the Christian life is not just to be saved. It's yeah. to grow in Christ. Yep. And Paul is saying like, yo, like, 
you haven't you're not being like you said bro like y'all are not being yourselves right y'all are acting fleshly right y'all have the holy spirit you guys have been been taught and nourished on the gospel continue to grow because this sign that you guys are being tribalistic right very much like people are today is a sign of immaturity yep and what i love is that to a group of people who reveled in their wisdom and their eloquence and being able to speak, Paul's mm-hmm. going to say, look, y'all are immature, and he's going to point not to their words, but to their actions, right? Yes. People love to define maturity, uh, mm-hmm. Christian or spiritual maturity, by the things that they know, by the ways they can articulate the gospel, by the ways mm-hmm. they can prove or show or highlight the faults in some other party. And, and Paul's saying, no, nah, no, nah, look, y'all are immature, and I can tell by the way y'all act. Y'all are backbiting. Like, y'all can't just, y'all can't just be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And again, you know, Paul is going to even go on to say in four, like, fam, like, we're just servants, right? Like, like I watered somebody else planted, and then God gave the growth. Like right. we're just humble stewards of the the ministry God gave us, right? Yeah. And and at the end of the day, he's like, man, like this is all of this stuff that we have that we or we seem to have, we received, right? Like we received from the hand of God. So you shouldn't elevate man. Like in our attempt to elevate man, we lower Christ, right. right? We have a low view of God. And and that's the thing that Paul is getting at, man. Like a high view of God, a high view of God, of the gospel keeps us from elevating man irresponsibly. Right. And so again, man, like God is trying to show them uh, through the hand of Paul that, you know, at the end of the day, God is ultimately wise, right? right. And in the cross and even, you know, there are points in our lives, bro, when, um, you know, uh, appealing to the cross, appealing to Christian values will look foolish right. to the outside world. Yeah. Right. In this day and time, if you weren't, you know, being tribalistic and dividing into camps, you probably looked foolish. Right. Right. Yeah. But Paul is saying, like, yo, the wisdom of God is wiser. Uh, the foolishness of God, excuse me, is wiser than the wisdom of man. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we pray that today you would help us not to overinflate our importance or our role in your kingdom. Would you remind us of how gracious you've been to us in salvation, God? Would you remind us how gracious you've been to us in the gifts that you've provided uh, for us? I pray that would fill us with a humility. It would rob us of boasting. And in being humble, God, we would be able to get along with the other servants that you've placed to do your same well. It's in Jesus' name we pray.